This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. This is our initial reaction show. The Fulham's 1-0 loss to West Ham at Craven Cottage. Two of my co-hosts were there, Emilio and Craig. And also joining us is Max Cohen. In this episode, we're just going to just share our gut reaction to this extremely disappointing loss. I actually feel bad that Craig and Emilio had to be there to watch this because I that was pretty bad, guys. So let's just go around the table. Craig, I'll start with you. Give me your initial reaction to uh, this loss for Fulham. Um, West Ham was the worst team that I've seen at the cottage this season. And so it's especially disappointing that we dropped all three points. I wish I could say that we had a lot of opportunities and we just mm-hmm. couldn't finish them. But in fact, we had almost no opportunities. Nope. Um, and we were toothless in attack a little bit uh, jittery in defense. And overall, it was a very unsatisfactory afternoon. Okay, excellent. Over to you, Mr. Danello. You were there as well. So I want to get your opening thoughts, but you and I talked about this. And it's funny, you said this, someone else said this to me. Toothless (laughs) is a great way to say what you watched today. But I'm also going to throw this out there. Did we watch Parker Ball 2.0 here? That was my first reaction when I left the ground today. It just felt it brought a lot of bad memories from a couple of seasons ago. Um, I hate losing at home at the best of times, but when you lose against a team that's worse than you, who effectively had one, not even one chance, they had they they put a good cross in the dangerous area, which we took nine. We didn't do that in ninety minutes. So that's right. When you get when you get the ball in the right area. There's always a chance, a deflection, a handball, a penalty. You know, anything can happen. But we were predictable, woeful. And West Ham, I agree with Craig, they were the worst team I've seen at the college this season. And and the fact they've come away with three points gripes me. But that just felt like a park of performance from two years ago. Sideways, passing, sideways, 75 to 80% possession. And you can barely carve out an opportunity to score against a woeful West Ham side. 
it had a lot of synergies with with the way we played on the Scott Park a couple of years ago. So, you know, I'm not being I'm not being what's the word dramatic here, but that performance was as bad as a West Ham performance two years ago when we drew nil nil. If you remember, oh, that's Scott terrible. Parker. Yeah. You know, we they, that you know we sort of dominated yeah. possession that game. We just lacked cutting edge. Today we just were weak, pretty much right away. We just lacked quality, and and it's but it's been two months. This is not a, just a one poor performance. We've been rapidly regressing, probably since the Wolves game at the end of end of February, and we've been getting worse and worse and worse. And thankfully, we've got thirty nine points. That's all I can say. <laughs> totally agree, Emilio. And I just want to just say this because I know that there are Fulham supporters. If you go on social media, you're already seeing it. Well, we're not safe yet. Fulham are safe. Okay, yeah, Fulham are safe. safe. We're safe. They're we're safe. safe. Let's not go with the relegation battle. That's not going to happen. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But let's just be honest here. What they're doing right now is just extremely poor, and that's why I want to talk about it. I want to just analyze what we all watched here. And Max, over to you. Do you agree with Emilio and myself that it did feel a little like Parker Ball? And on top of it, I want to go to another topic that you and I talked about last week. Have Fulham been figured out? So I'm giving you two things to really discuss here. Parker Ball 2.0, and are we watching a team that other teams just now know how to play against? Yeah, it reminded me a lot of Parker Ball. How many crosses came into that box <laughs> that weren't even Sunday League quality? It was a disgrace. I mean, we have a severe lack of quality in those positions when it comes down to it in matches like this. And everyone wants to talk about Mitrovic not being there. And I agree, Vinicius. Vinicius is not a Premier League player. I think, honestly, we should have known that when Spurs offloaded him so easily. You know, they didn't want him back. Why, why do we go in there and get him? That was a very poor piece of business. It's showing. Vinicius is going to be the striker unless it's a false nine to end the season. So, but I don't want to talk about Vinicius because this goes well beyond him. The, the, the service from wide, whether it's Robinson, oh. whether it was William, whether it was Cedric, whether it was anyone when they came on, with the exception of Pereira from set pieces, who I thought was decent, quite good actually. How many fullback crosses go to the oh. first man, or even worse, Russ, are floated like we like like uh, almost we're watching the Masters, mm. like a chip, <laughs> like in, like what are you thinking? Was there one fizzed ball in that didn't get blocked easily or cleared? It, it was embarrassing. But more than that, and this is why I think the Parker Ball thing is apt. What's Parker Ball? Parker Ball is possession with no opportunities, but also an over reliance on crosses when it's clearly not working. There was no adjustment. From minute one to 90, the only chance it looked like we were going to score, they just, it, it, it seemed like they were just told cross, cross, cross. Why was there no adjustment? There's no offensive uh, flexibility. And I think it's fair to say, worst result of the season. Worst okay. result. Craig, over to you, because I, I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, you are very vocal and you, you don't hold back your thoughts. Do you agree with Emilio, myself, and Max that this felt like park ball and also something that, I think I've been thinking about a lot and it's funny because I want to talk a little bit about David Moyes because he actually changed how he was going to play in this match. He played two up front. So have they figured out, I'm talking about have other clubs really figured out how to play Fulham and Fulham have not adjusted to that. Well, we spent most of the game making aimless crosses into the box, mm -hmm. very little pace and really fairly easy to defend. Was it Parker Ball? Hard to say if it was Parker Ball per se with the horizontal passes. Uh, but we never really seemed to be able to get back, to get the ball behind their last line. 
so that our crosses were fairly easy for their defenders um, to handle. Um, without the width and without the ability to get behind them, you know, it, and with the kind of second string striker that we had in Vinicius, we were fairly uh, easy, easy to play against. Um, have teams figured us out? I don't know. The team just felt very tired. What was interesting is that West Ham did not press us in the way that other teams have That's pressed us. That's a great us. point. They would sort of put on a, a partial press to see if we would hoof it out, but they never really pressured us, um, and we never lost the ball really in dangerous situations with maybe one or two uh, exceptions due to errors. I think we just played really poorly. Um, and in addition, we didn't pass the ball very well. We had, I don't know how many misplaced passes oh. that were fairly easy. So it was just a poor performance from start to finish. And although Boamorte changed things around, he substituted people, he changed the side on which William was playing and Manor Solomon was playing and so forth. He tried to do different things, brings on Kenny Tete instead of uh, to substitute for Cedric Swadesh. It just didn't work. Nothing worked. And I think that's uh, that was uh, quite a frustrating sight to see. Okay. Over to you, Emilio. You and I have talked about it. Like I said, I've talked about this with Max even last week. Have fallen been figured out. Glad that Craig brought this up. I think it's a great point. Teams have figured out to press us and really get us uncomfortable. West Ham did none of that. They actually let us have the ball, and we could not do – much with it. Like I said, for me, the passing was the road to nowhere with, with possession. Mm. They weren't going anywhere. They, there was no cutting edge. The crosses, as you guys are talking about, were horrible. Can someone work with Anthony Robinson like every single day on his crossing? Can someone just work with I'm sure he is, but I think that's a skill that he could potentially get better at. So the crosses were just horrible, horrible. but it's, it goes beyond that. It's also just the way that they possess the ball. Maybe not quite Parker ball, but there was just no intent. Where was the intent, Emilio? I think that's where I'm going with it, feeling a little bit like Parker ball and having all this possession with doing nothing with it, road to nowhere. Yeah, and I think it's, a lot of it is not because of West Ham, find, you know, you know, exposing us. I just think we just didn't, we, you know, we've been lackluster for quite some time now. This isn't just a one-off performance. This is Bournemouth's second half last week. Even the first half, I don't think we were as good as people claim that we were, to be honest with you. We got a goal, maybe should have scored a second. But overall, we, we, we've, you know, we've played a lot better this season. And it's just been a steady decline. Brentford away, great. Look at that. Brentford, that, you know, annihilated us, to be honest with you, in that first half. You know, and that 3-2 scoreline flattered us. So, Brighton away, we hung on, we, we played ugly, snatched the win. When's the last time we actually won comfortably? I think it was Nottingham Forest at home in February. That was two months ago. That's the last game I can remember. We dominated and we deserved to win. The cup replay against Sunderland was a bit iffy. Leeds at home, two great goals, but I thought Leeds were the better team that day as well. And So let's be honest with ourselves. It's been two months where we haven't been playing particularly well. I'm not sure it's because teams are finding a way to beat us. I just think that overall... We've you know we've punched above our weight for so long. These players are looking tired, and you know we haven't really got much chances. I think we're playing like we sh teams expected us to play. We're playing like bottom six type play team in the last two months, rather than a team that's been you know 
appearing what top seven, top eight for the best part of the season. So it's disappointing to fall off the top of a cliff very suddenly, to be honest. But that shows that we haven't got the depth, we haven't got the quality. And to be honest with you, I thought defensively we didn't look too bad today. Breast time, I agree with Craig, didn't really press us. So defensively, we weren't really troubled. We had a few couple of errors here and there, but for me, it's still that midfield. You know, that midfield, Harrison Reed. I know I'll, I'll always give him praise when he does well, but when he's a pedestrian, offers very, very little. Tom Kane came on, made gave us a little bit more flexibility, gave us a little, moved things around a little bit more. But we've got a lot of average players in this squad. And if the fact they've punched above their weight is a compliment to the players and the team. And Marco Silva getting the best out of this team. But, you know, let's let's commend the team for doing well this season. We're, we're falling off the cliff quite quickly. But, you know, I'm already worried about next year. I know it sounds crazy. Let's enjoy this season. Let's enjoy the top half finish if hopefully we can make that happen. But I'm already worried about next year unless we get some strength and depth. We have to upgrade in a number of positions. I just feel with that, when Palina's not there, we're very average in, in midfield. And we've seen that every time he's had a suspension. But when he is there, he can't do that all by himself. That's right. That's a good point. Where's his support around him? Harrison Reed, sorry. As much as he does a shift... We need more than just a shift. I, we need quality in that area. We need people who can make, who can game change. Harrison Reed's not a game changer. He's, he's got a particular way of working. He's not a game changer. We need more game changers in this team. And Vinicius, everything that Max said is right. You know, he's not a Premier League player. That's the reason why he's not playing week in, week out in the Premier League. Because he's not good enough. But I'm not blaming him today. For example. He had no service. What did he have today? Let's be frank. Every, Suarez had about a dozen crosses to Craig's point, didn't even go past the first man. You know, why didn't we take him off immediately at halftime and put Tete on and give us a bit more, better quality distribution? But overall, it's one of those games we could have played for another two weeks and wouldn't have scored a goal. But that's that's representative of the quality of this team. The fact is, we well, I think we've peaked. And, you know, there's, you know, we've got to be grateful. We've got 39 points. We're safe in this division and we can start to plan for next year. And hopefully the owners are listening to this show and think about, we've got some work to do in the summer. Let's not get carried away with a top half finish because next year will be just as tough, if not tougher. But I don't think it's the fact that we've been found out. I just think we probably don't have the talent that we want to push on. There were, a lot of people talking about European football. I've always been quite clear. I didn't want European football for precisely this reason there. And when, you know, we've regressed and Aston Villa, Newcastle, Brighton, they're all pushing on and will deserve to be whatever, you know, top, top seven, top eight. But we need to get a serious grip stop this rot immediately, try to get a result at Everton and uh, push on. But the moment, I'm not sure where the next goal is coming from. That's, that's what I'm worried about, let alone a victory. Okay, very good. Mm. And at the uh, end of the show, we're going to talk about where do Fulham go from here, and then I'll have one bonus topic mm. to end the show. But over to you, Max. I want to get your thoughts on this. Nelio brings up a lot of good points. Is it really about the size of the squad? Is it the fact that the tactics are pretty much what they are. This is how Fulham are. To Craig's point, Boa tried to change things up, but nothing really worked. So what do you point your finger on, Max, why we're seeing this? Yeah, I think I agree with almost everything Emilio said, except one thing. Um, He said Harrison Reed was a passenger. He scored the winner. Uh, He's a game winner. So let's just give him some credit there. Um, I I think the squad size is totally true. It's a, such a thin squad, and, and it's, it's like a double-edged sword here, right? Because on one hand, a miracle we had to 39 points when we did. Remember, we've lost, no, wait, four in a row in the league, and we're still at 39. That means four matches ago, we're at 39, totally ahead where any single person, I'd say in the entire mm-hmm. world, thought Fulham would be. 
us included, right. people who think we know Fulham better than anyone else. We have a podcast about <laughs> Fulham, for God's sake. We didn't think we'd get to 39. So the incredible overperformance in the first half of the season needs to be commended. Is this just a reversion to the mean, as you know, some people online on Twitter you expected goals? I don't subscribe to that super closely, but some people say we overperformed. This is expected. We're coming back down to reality. I think that ignores some of the, you know, the other stuff about football, which isn't just stats. But I think the squad size is big because when some players aren't on, there's not really someone coming off the bench to replace them. I think the wingers is one instance. We actually have depth, but the depth isn't very strong. Send midfield, we mm-hmm. don't really have any depth except Lukic, and he's had a tough time adapting to England. There isn't someone you can turn to at every position to say who can fill in, who's going to be chasing you. And even at right back, you know, we strengthened in January, yeah. and Cedric had a poor match. Mm-hmm. Tete had a poor match last match, you know? But it's because I think they're very tired. And I think we've seen this in Silva last season with a team that was better in that division than we're in the Prem. You know, there seems to be some kind of downturn. But but are, but are we are we? I mean, on one hand, you, you never want to lose five in a row. Are we overperforming? Is what we're we going. We've at, also right lost X amount in a row, and we're still. Uh, I think we're tenth or 11th. We're, we're not in the relegation fight. So no. we, we have some period of comfort we need to look at, but mm. it's going the wrong way. I mean, this happens to Martin Yol almost the end of twenty thirteen. I think it was we ended up like losing five or six in a row before the last game of the season against Swansea. So maybe this is just full of this, you know, who knows? <laughs> okay. Over to you, Craig. I w- want to get your thoughts on all of this. And I think Emilio and Max have brought a lot of good stuff here. So what I'm thinking about this, what I really want to pick your brain on is, is there a similarity to what we saw last season? Is there something to the second half of seasons with Silva? Is it something about how hard he drives them? Teams maybe figure them out a little bit because we saw this last season. This isn't something new. We saw this last season because Fulham should have had a stronger end to last season. I know we won the league and that's wonderful, but at points they were not that great in the second half of the season. So is there a parallel to last season? What are your thoughts on that? Look, I think the drop off to some degree was always expected for a couple of reasons. First, statistically, the team had been, so far outperforming its expected goals that there was inevitably going to be a reversion to mean. Second, I think that it's quite clear that Burnt Leno had outperformed massively and had enabled us to secure probably more points than our play deserved. So I don't think it's a total shock. Um, and I guess the third point I'd make is that in a, you know, a thinner squad like Fulham inevitably is going to start fading towards the back end of the yeah. season. And this happens to every team. Um, I think the real test of a manager isn't his technical skill because the managers in the Premier League are all very uh, sophisticated thinkers and they've been through uh, uh, you know, the fire, so to speak. It's whether he can manage the players through a downturn, ensure that morale stays intact, prevent players from being distracted in the ways that they can be distracted, um, and try to get us back on track. And I think that's really going to be the test for Marco Silva in the Premier League. Okay, great stuff there, guys. Really interesting stuff. Okay, coming up next... The second half of the show, we're going to talk about where to foam go from here, and I'll have a bonus topic 
to end this initial reaction show off Cottage Talk. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, guys, so let's now talk about, we've all talked about what we've watched and what's been going on with Fulham lately, and, and it hasn't been good. Emilio really got us going by thinking about, well, where did Fulham go from here? Because Europe is probably not going to be in their reach. So we really, at this point, they are safe. We want to see them end the season getting points, and the way they're playing right now, who knows how many points they're going to get. But where do they go from here? Meaning. Do we start thinking about next season? Where do they need to build, guys? So that's what I want to really focus on right now. Where do Fulham go from here? How do they build a team that they can build on from this season? Because this season is starting to downturn. So let's say they do get points, but it's not going to be what it was in the first half of the season. So I want to focus on where do they go from here? So over to you, Emilio. You've already talked a little bit about where you think Fulham need to go next season. Let's talk a little bit about it, where they're weak and where they need to strengthen, because I think that's where we have to put some of our focus on. We don't want to give up on the rest of the season. I think this is an opportunity to look towards the future. Where do Fulham need to strengthen, Amelia? Where do they go from here? Yeah, and I think we've always got to be, when we do this analysis, be mindful of, you know, you know, yes, we've got another year in the Premier League. You know, it's, there's going to, that's going to create more, a, a more financial security there. So we've got to have more finance. We've got more to play with. But I think the key thing here is if we want a good end to the season. Is so it's all about attracting the new talent. At the end of the day, if you're going to sort of languish and sort of start dropping down the table, the likes of Wolves may end up overtaking us. I know what, they're seven points behind us, seven, eight points. So you don't want these teams that are sort of seven, eight points behind us suddenly squeeze above us in the table and we start languishing 12th, 13th. Because for me, it's all about attracting the right level of talent for next year. We do need to upgrade the number of positions and the players who have been done a very good job up until now to get us to where we are, they're probably going to drop to the bench. So for me, I think central defence is still a problem. You know, I read a horrifying stat the other day that only Liverpool and Fulham, Liverpool and Fulham, the two clubs have created the most chances or allowed most chances for oppositions to score against us. So that maybe touches on your point, Craig, that thanks to Bern Leno, we are where we are. And it took some extent. So the fact that Fulham have given up the most chances behind with Liverpool, that's a worrying statistic. The fact that when things were working well, we were two, we know we can concede two, but still score three. Now we concede one, we can't score one, let alone two to win a game. That's a difference in where we are now compared to three or four months ago. So I still think we need five or six new starting players. So we need a, I think with stretch in defence, I think we need another central defender. Tim Reen's had a great season, but how much longer can he perform at this level? 
and still, you know, that that's that's an area of concern for me. I think for Anthony Robinson has fallen off like a cliff the last couple of months since all that speculation in the January transfer window that he was going to go to this club and that club. His performances have dropped quite considerably. So um, he needs more competition in that space. I'm worried in that left-back position. Paulinho needs more. So I don't think we're going to lose many players. I think that's, that's the other thing to note. Are we going to lose Paulinho, Mitrovic? I don't think we will, to be honest with you. If they know what's right for them, they'll stick around for another season and try to help push on and, and build for the next season. But we need we need someone stronger working alongside Paulinho. Harrison Reed's not good enough to be starting week. We need some quality. We need some playmakers and we need to be creating more chances. Even Andres Pereira, I think, to be honest, I know he's been up, you know, he's been I'm very our most creative player. But today he really wound me up on a few occasions, being what I typically call him very selfish at times. I don't know if you saw that, Craig, when he just needed a good final board. No, what is it he decides to do? Shoot from distance or shoot from you know from range. I was getting I was effing and blinding him at the time. That's the frustrating part of Pereira. He can do the spectacular, but he can be very, very predictable and very annoying at times. So we need another striker. We've said that for the last three years, not just this. It was three years when Mitrovic needs backup. We need five or six new players as far as I'm concerned. We need better quality out wide. William, again, has deteriorated his performance in the last couple of months. I think it's fair to say he was good up till January. He's on, his performance is running off, so I'm not sure if he can do another season of this. So as far as I'm concerned, we need new, new, new striker, Probably two wider players, a Harrison Reed upgrade, and a, probably a couple more defenders. Minimum. That's that's being realistic. If you want to sort of consolidate, push on, and avoid relegation dogfight next season, in my opinion. Okay, very good, <clears throat> Craig. I'm going to go to you, and then I will go to Max. I want to, want to get your thoughts on this <clears throat> because Emilio brought up a good point. I think I've said this on a prior show. I think there are two players that Fulham desperately need to hold on to. One's Paulinha, and I'm going to say it. One is Mitrovic, and you build around these two players. You complement these two players, and you find backups for these players. I think that's part of the problem. I'm going to say I was wrong about Carlos Vinicius. I got that wrong. But everyone was screaming about a backup striker. Everyone was right. Russ Goldman, wrong again. I was wrong because he certainly cannot fill the bill. That I got totally wrong. So, Craig, where do you go from here? Do you agree with Emilio? Five new starters? 11 players I've seen. Some people have been floating around. What are your thoughts about all this? Where do Fulham build? Where do they go from here? I would add there is one player who we absolutely must keep, and you didn't mention him, and that's Burnt Leno. I knew he was going to say that. probably been our best player of the season. And the guy has – he hasn't put a foot wrong. True. Uh, Frank, you're 100% right. probably just chinks them. But, I mean, he's been incredible. Mm. And uh, and so we absolutely need to keep him in place. Obviously, you need to to make sure you have the backup of the likes of Rodak. Um, I think we probably need to strengthen central defense for sure. Left back for sure. In the midfield, let's see if we can keep Palina. Um, I actually think it would be a mistake for Palina to move to a bigger club because he's something special at Fulham where, whereas a defensive midfielder like Polina at the likes of Liverpool will never be a starter, will only be kind of a, a squad player. Um, I do think we, though, need to have uh, probably another creative uh, player in the midfield. And up front, we do seem to be underpowered. William is 37 years old. 
he has played really well for us, but um, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to come back next season. Manor Salmon has been really encouraging. Let's see if we can keep him. Um, when you score five goals in five games, uh, clubs notice. Um, but uh, uh, I, I was disappointed today as well in Bobby Deckard-Over-Reed. He was uh, anonymous, and he has been anonymous in several games. I, I'm not sure that he is really a consistent Premier League player. He's kind of on the cusp between Premier League and Championship for me. Um, you know, so there are going to be a number of spots that we are going to have to fill. Um, I would probably fill from the back forward because, okay. as we know, if you cannot defend in at this level, you're not going to get very far. Okay, excellent. All right. I'll go over to you, Max, for the final word on this. Where do we go from here? Yeah, I think, you know, they, Amelia and Craig have said everything I wanted to say. I think it's totally spot on. I think the one area where it, you mentioned it, where I want to just flag is center back um, because, you know, Reem's superb, but we need to start playing for the future. And that's what smart teams do is buy a player. Reem is having the best season of his life, but mm-hmm. he won't next season and he won't the season after that, just to be honest. So that is an area I think we need to strengthen. Um, yeah, and I agree. Robinson, you know, I don't think he has any competition at left back. So that's another one we need to look at for sure. Okay, excellent. Okay. I'm changing up my bonus topic, guys. I haven't told you this, so we're going to talk a little bit about this because I've been thinking about this the last couple games. Craig, you brought up this player's name, and I want Fulham to re-sign this player. Let me just stress this. I think he has some serious talent. But I'm going to ask the question to the three of you. Has Menor Solomon been figured out? Because I saw this today in this match that when you force him to – not being able to shoot. He actually went all the way to the other side because I thought West Ham did a very nice job figuring out how to play against him. And I've seen other teams do this. So I think that Menor Solomon has been great for Fulham. I think for him personally, I want to see him basically just uh, work out his game. And when teams are taking away what he wants to do, he now has to have a new answer. And I think we saw that from the Brighton player, Matoma, same thing. He's been forced out to the other side where he doesn't want to go. He, he wants to shoot on his right foot. So I want to get your thoughts on this. I'm not trying to go at Menor Solomon. I just happened to notice this in the last couple matches, not about the lack of goals, but I think that he's being forced to do things that he doesn't want to do. And I think we need, he probably needs to figure out his next move and how he can adapt his game. I'll go to you first, Emilio. Am I crazy to talk about this, or have you noticed this? To be honest with you, I've said it a couple, quite a few times now, to saying if he's not firing or scoring, what else does he bring to the team? I'm not being critical of him. I just think when he's not scoring, he scored those wonder goals. But outside of that, what else does he offer? He's, he's you know, but the good thing is he's still young. I'd like to sign him permanently because he's, so he's youth. There's there's upside. You know, there's a lot of potential there. A lot of maturity still needs, to, you know, because the fact that he's still quite young. But the fact that he's quite lightweight offers little other cover for the team when things aren't clicking for him. What other value does he bring to this team? That's my only concern. Today, he changed flanks. And again, there was a couple of moments when he had the ball. You could see he was trying to look up, didn't get the space, then went across to the up to, to the right-hand side, trying to... He did go back defensively a few times, but unfortunately he conceded a few free kicks in that in the other in the other end of the pitch. So 
Rarely does he go off a defensive cover. Today that he did, he conceded a couple of free kicks. So, look, he's a young talent. He's up. He's a potential future starlet. So I'd hopefully Fulham do everything oh, to, to, to sign him permanently and uh, get through all this bureaucracy with what's going on with Ukraine. But for me, he has been somewhat found out. But I think it's the question is, what else does he bring to the table? And what else does he add to this Fulham starting eleven when the things aren't clicking? Like today, for example, you know, we struggled to break right. West Ham down. We didn't create much. He had a very, very poor second half. What did he? What value did he bring to the table today? I don't remember anything that he did of note today. Okay, over to you, Craig. And uh, I'm with Emilio. I want to re-sign Menorah Solomon because I see the talent there. But I think it's fair to talk about his entire game. And uh, I think when he gets the ball on his right foot and has space, he has a deadly shot. But I think for him, I want to see him adapt other parts of his game, and maybe as a young player, he'll be able to do that. Is it fair for me to bring this up? It's always fair to bring up the question, uh, Russ. I actually thought Menor had a, a relatively uh, good game. I think he needs, you know, for him to be able to uh, score or create opportunities, he needs a bit of space. And often that means having overlaps, underlaps that draw uh, a defenders a little bit away and they create a little bit of space. I think for any winger, if he doesn't have the space, it's very difficult um, to to contribute very much. He actually made a couple of good passes uh, throughout the match. He's good on the ball. He doesn't lose the ball. And I think tactically he's aware. They, there was at one point, you're right, uh, where for 10, 15 minutes he switched wings with, I think it was with Willian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that was a tactical switch. I'm not sure what the reasons for that were. Um, the experiment really didn't yield a lot of results. He is a right-footed player, and he likes to come back in uh, from the left to the right, and that's why you really need to have the left back overlapping so as to um, you know, create the space that, that for both players. I think, look, he's, he's a very talented guy. He's great on the ball, and we know that he can finish. And, um, and I think it's a pretty valuable skill set that he offers. I agree I with all that. I did see, by the way, in the crowd, I don't know if, Amelia, you saw this, but in the um, in the Johnny Haynes stand, I did see one fan with uh, an Israeli flag with the Star of David. Um, oh, wow. So okay. he does have a fan club and Fulham. Okay, excellent. Okay. Thanks for sharing that, Craig. Over to you, Max. You and I have talked about Menor Solomon. Listen, I want to see him be a foam player for a very long period of time. But I think it's also fair to criticize and to look at things of ways that he can improve on his game. That's kind of where I'm bringing this. Talking about he, he, He's been treated incredibly unfairly. I mean, how many other Fulham players have five goals in 2023? <laughs> how many goals has Williams scored this year? Deckard over Reed, Harry Wilson. Okay. I mean, Vinicius. He's our top goal scorer. I mean, this this side of the new year, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I mean, I mean, what? I think the fact that he's been benched is actually embarrassing to Solomon. Now I know he's coming off an injury. Okay. I know he hadn't played in a long time. But I mean, come on. I mean, this guy scored five goals in five matches. The winner against Brighton, two wonder goals, uh, Leeds and Wolves. <sighs> what, what are we doing here? I think okay. I'm not like, furious about it, but I think the conversation here is, is very unfair to Solomon. Okay. Who's 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 adapted incredibly quickly to the Premier League. I mean, look at Lukic's struggles. You know, many other players who oh, signed sure. and played in England haven't played well. That's um, true. So I think he deserves to be starting every match just based on okay. his production. I agree with Craig said tactically. When he plays on the left, 
every single team now is going to have the right uh, the right back and the right midfielder tucked in, knowing he's going to. Oh, cut see, in. that's where I'm going, Max. But, I'm just talking he, about adapting played, his game. He played that's Robinson through. I, I remember on one occasion in the second yeah. half, and I don't blame him. I wouldn't play Robinson again when he did a did a terrible cross. I wouldn't yeah. blame him if he, if, if he didn't play him. Um, I mean, he almost won a penalty. Did he go down too easily? Maybe. But how many other players in this match actually took people on? Yeah, so, true. I, I think he, you can make an argument he is our best player. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying I just want to see him adapt yeah. and to different parts of his game. I think that there's a lot of talent there, Max. I'm not trying to slight him. I'm just looking at ways he can – no, I agree. Grow I, I think game. the management that's, has slighted That's him. kind of where I was, I was coming bit. on this. The management, I mean, Dekadova Reed, when is the last goal he scored? Leeds? Did he, I don't even, actually, I don't know if he scored against Leeds. I can't remember a goal he scored recently. Maybe someone can correct me here, but come on. I mean, someone's no, no, starting yeah. every minute. But I think, I think overall, though, when what, with him, we have, we're not talking specifically about Bobby Reed or William, but I just think a lot of, there's a lot of emphasis on, on Solomon. There's a lot of high expectations in terms of this young starlet, five goals in five games, but when those things don't click, my question is, what else can he offer? That's 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 my that, that's my, my nagging down the back of my mind. So when things are great and he has maybe has been figured out, and people will get a lot closer to him. What what else does he bring to the table? That's maybe we haven't seen enough of that. And maybe you're right, Max. The fact that he's been benched and not not being a regular that's starter. A good point. That's, that that explains the fact that he, if he start when he's starting the games and he's not clicking. He's looking a little bit, you know, out of position in that team. That's why it feels a little bit lightweight as well. That's another. Maybe you got a good point, Max. Maybe he needs to be starting regularly to us to see his game adapt. Maybe that's what the answer is. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. He has definitely um, uh, regressed a little bit, but I mean, the way he started was oh, fantastic. I can't remember a better start of a full player than Pogrebniak. Um, and that was oh wow, we're going back. Five goals. Goals. Seriously, Seriously, I mean, how many wow. how many people have scored five goals in, in essentially the first five matches? I'm not really. No, look, he's had an incredible impact. I actually think he's good on the ball, and he, as Max said, he created some opportunities. He did put Robinson through, but Robinson's cross went straight to the goalkeeper. Um, you know, I I think every time he gets the ball, I, he's the one player I feel something could happen. That's mm-hmm. a good point. It's a good point. Boy, you guys are, are proving me wrong here. No, it's We're a good pro point. Manor. <laughs> okay, good stuff, guys. All right, well, listen, let's wrap up the show. Let's go for final thoughts. Let's go around the table first to you, Craig. Final thoughts before we wrap up the show. Dreadful match. <laughs> Hated every minute of it. Disappointed in the team. I really feel the meltdown at the FA Cup at, at Old Trafford has really thrown our season for a loop. We were outperforming anyway, and so we were, it was always a little bit of a high-wire act. But I think that the bubble burst in the 72nd minute of the FA Cup oh. quarterfinal at Old Trafford. Okay, very good. All right, over to you, Emilio. Final thoughts. Yeah, not very similar to Craig. It was, it was woeful. One forget, you know, not one that we wanted. We lost a match of the day tonight, I'm sure, Craig. But, uh, yeah, to be honest with you, I think this goes beyond the Man United game. I think there were, there were significant signs prior to that game that we'd hit our peak and there was going to be an inevitable downturn. The downturn may be a little bit sharper than we all expected. And that's the key thing. I think that's where we're all, all disappointed. You know, it just it takes the gloss away from that first two thirds of the season where we were 
answering all our critics. You know, very competitive in all the matches except for Newcastle at home. And, you know, we deserve to be where we are. But now all that's gone away because, A, because of what happened to Man United and B, that we've well lost four or five consecutive games. So it's a shame to, all that hard work and success will potentially all got for, long forgotten because we've, we've gone through a very bad patch. So we've got to stop that rod against Everton. And that's, they're going, they're fighting for their lives as well. That's right. not going to be an easy game either. So, um, so yeah, we've got a, some tough matches coming. I'd rather be playing teams who have got something to play for the top end of the run at the bottom end, because all these teams we're playing, Bournemouth, Everton, West Ham, well, Leeds, you know, we're Palace, Leeds, we're playing teams at the bottom, fighting for their lives. That, that normally is us in, the, in, in normal circumstances. <laughs> the fact that we're not, that's why we're, I'm just thinking we could, you know, we should, we should be picking up more points. This yep. is meant to be our easiest part of the season. And unfortunately, look, we're not, we're not picking up enough points. So hopefully we can get, get, get on that training ground on Monday after Easter on Tuesday and start focusing on Everton and, and hopefully prove critics wrong, myself wrong, that we can we can turn our season again. Okay, excellent. Before no. I go to you, Max, I'm going to share this comment from Kamal on our discussion on Manor Salman. This is what he said. Manor was very composed, and his passing was better than a lot of our team. His opponents appeared to know his goal path from outside the box. That's mm-hmm. my point. That's what I was bringing to the table, Max, is mm-hmm. that they know his path. I'm thinking maybe it's time to adjust and – find another way. And uh, I think this is what happens to great players when teams, even someone like LeBron James, he gets figured out he'll find a new way. Larry Bird, all these great players. Of course, I got to bring up Larry Bird. They all have to find another way, another part of their game. That was my point of bringing this up. Yeah, I know. I think it's fair. Um, I think it's fair. And it's fair. And I, and I agree when they're double up on him, he needs something new. And I think, I think he can do that. Um, but quickly, final thought, you know, yeah, final optimistic thoughts. note. Right. Listen, we've lost. We haven't won in five league matches. We've drawn one, lost one in a row. We're still tenth. Chelsea <laughs> are still below us, and they played a match more. You know, we're four points off Brentford, four points off Liverpool, and we have game in hand in Brentford. I mean, if we win our game in hand, we have forty-two points, and we're suddenly right back in touching distance of ninth. This first part of the season has been so good that we can still push on. It doesn't look likely now because we're not playing well, but. One result changes the vibe. Craig's right, 100%. United yep. game took the wind out of our sails. But just as easily, a good result can put him right back in. I just want to know what's going on in the training session. I hope there will be a response. Yep. Disappointed that there wasn't a response from Bournemouth, which was a poor result. There should be a response today. But, you know, we're hopeful that there will seriously be some frank conversations and players are going to step up. And that's and that's my positive news, you know. We're, we're still very much in a hunt for eighth seventh place even if we dream we're not out of it okay Emilio before we go I'm going to pose this to you let's say Fulham are 10th and they have been stumbling and bumbling to the end of the season but they ended ahead of Chelsea would that make it all (laughs) worth the while I'm just asking yeah absolutely absolutely (laughs) you know at the end of the day it's I think the fact that we've survived this season, I think we should all, we should all take some comfort from that as well. We're not in that dogfight at the moment. Look, exactly. You predict who's going to get relegated this season. None of us can predict that. It keeps changing every week. You know, normally we've been in that mix. Thankfully, we we can look down, not up. But it's I just want to reverse in fortunes. You know, we know we we've got to push on. There's enough games to pick up what two or three victories. Yep. Yeah, but we've two of our easier games on paper. You know, we've taken zero points. That's that's my frustration. And today's manner of defeat was just lackluster woeful like craig said so let's just put this forget this game let's prepare for everton next week but but max is right look there is still 
there's what eight, nine, eight, nine, ten games still to play for. There's still enough points there to be to be grabbed. But it's a shame that you know with these we had beaten Bournemouth and West Ham, we got at least four points. We could have been what a few points ahead of Chelsea, joint level with Liverpool, and joint level with Brentford. That's that's the frustration. You know, we've thrown away two great opportunities. Okay, great stuff. All right, I'm going to wrap up this show. Great show. And I'll just say this. My final thoughts is that I always feel better after doing a show. I said this to you, Emilio. I just feel like I just need to get it off my chest and let you guys just vent and get everything off your chest. But I was still wanting to do it as well. So I felt I did that too. So let's wrap this up. For Emilio Dino, Craig Coben, and Max Cohen, Mad Max, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. Now part of the TalkSport Fan Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.